hands out like this for a moment. You know, the church is a family. It's also a body. It's also an army. It's also a house. It's also a vine. It's also a bride. There's not one metaphor in the Bible that is exhaustive enough to explain the awesomeness of the church. But today, I just want you to know that God is a father and we're his kids. And the church is one big family across the world. The Apostle Paul says, I kneel before the Father, by which the whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. The whole family in heaven and earth. I just want to pray a blessing over you right now, wherever you are. Father, I thank you for everyone in this room. I thank you, everyone listening online. I thank you for everybody that will listen to this later. And I just speak blessing on your kids right now blessing on your family. I thank you, Father, that you care about the little things. You're a Father that cares about the big things. You care about our jobs. You care about our health. You care about our finances. You care about every part of our life. You care about our relationships. And we thank you that you love us and that you care. You really do care. And right now, Father, I just speak into every area of our lives, and I just speak blessing into them, blessing into finances, blessing into disappointment, that disappointments will become your appointment. Where there's, been, where there's hopelessness, hope will come. Where there's a lack of peace, today peace will come. I release your peace, shalom, in this house. In Jesus' name, amen, 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 amen. Feel good? Thank you, Lord. Is Judah Rogers here? Where is Judah Rogers? Where is she? Judah, come on up here. She is back from upper room in Dallas, and she's going to tell us what's going on. If she doesn't know, I was going to ask her to do this. I'm going to just go and sit down, okay? So take your time. Hi, I missed everyone. Um, So I've been uh, in Dallas for like over a month now. Um, Really, we just spend time in the prayer room and we're being taught by the head pastor and the co-pastor, and I don't know, just being able to sit at the feet of Jesus and yeah. just lay down everything for him in this nine months of my life is just like, he's just showing me how like precious this moment is and like how he just wants my attention on him. And <laughs> he's like just really been changing my heart and like my mindset about everything and just... I've been very cautious of, like, what I do and, like, what I listen to, what I think about, and I'm just, I'm not working. I wanted to work, but I had three jobs lined up, and God was like, he told me when I got there, and he was like, yeah, you're not supposed to be working, and I was like, well, God, like, I need help with, like, my finances. I don't want to rely on my parents, 
So then I tried to get a job, and then all of them fell through. And then he was like, I told you so. <laughs> and I was like, OK, I'll listen to you. And um, just through like the teaching that we've been like really just been dwelling in his place, like learning how to dwell in his place. It's just so, so, so good and so good for me and my heart. And uh, he's been exposing some issues that like I didn't realize I had or, or like no. But yeah, it's been really, really good. Sure. <laughs> this is how we do it. We get on our knees and pray. <laughs> so can everyone get on their knees? No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, thank you, Jesus, for having me here and for being with all these wonderful people. And God, I just bless each and every one of these people's hearts in here. And God, I just ask that you just soften every heart and that you just open their ears to hear Dan's message today. And that they'll leave with something like that touched their heart and they'll touch other people around them today. And God, I just pray just for healing for everybody in the room Come on. who's hurting. Yeah. And I just pray that everybody's minds will be set just on God and nothing else. And I just want everything in their mind just to go away. Just pay attention. And peace, peace, shalom. Amen. Amen. Come on. So good. So good. Wow. Claire, is that Claire? You know? Claire, it's so good to see you singing today. You can sing, girl. Wow. Isn't it a delight to see people empowered and see people finding their God-given shape? It's just such a delight. Yeah, wow. Um, men, how many people came to the men's breakfast yesterday? Just want to thank you. So we had a great time. Um, we will be having more, but just, uh, I think we had uh, 20, like 22 people slammed into our house eating bagels and bacon yesterday morning. It was great. Um, and uh, we had a very special man named Isaac. Isaac and Lydia, can you just stand? Isaac and Lydia, where are you? They still, they're here. This wonder, Isaac led us in prayer yesterday. This family, yeah, you can, you can applaud them. This, <laughs> they drove Pat Broom's bath coach and delivered all of Pat's stuff uh, yesterday. So we want to say thank you for driving all of that way. And everybody, Pat is here. She is in the house with her friend Joyce. Can you two please stand? Both of you please stand. We want to honor you and welcome you, Pat. Welcome, welcome home. Welcome home. <laughs> it's so good. Joyce, it's great to meet you and get home. You're a laugh. This is a uh, Whew, this is fun. So I just want to just, uh, we now have a girl's house. There's a lots of girls in the church. Five have moved into uh, what is called the retreat center. Now, this building is not owned by the church. It's actually been purchased by Lifestreams 
ministry, not by Life Church. And uh, live streams, you don't, those who don't know, is the network of the different life churches in different parts of the world. And we've chosen here to this area to be the first place where we're going to have a retreat center um, in, the, in the future. But for now, it is serving a purpose as a discipleship house. Hands up if you're in that house. Can you just, can you stand up, girls, if you're in that house? Is Gigi here? And st- okay, so we got Haley and Grace and Pat. And then who else is in there? Steph is in St. Louis right now uh, with Isaac and, um, and Gigi's downstairs. So those five girls are just on the outskirts of St. Charles, and they're going to be living there. And um, Pat is in charge. <laughs> Look at Amy's face. She's like, wait, what? <laughs> and I love it. The Foundry started this week. Now, I know, you know, this is just what we're going to do today, all right? We're going to have a whole morning of announcements, so just relax. Just, we're going to welcome some people in. It's like, it's like 30, 11, 35, is this guy going to preach? No, Judah preached. She did great. But uh, is this okay? You know, sometimes, you know, if you're a part of a family and you've, you know, well, you, you kind of have to know where the family's at. You know, sometimes families need to have fun. Sometimes they need to, like in my family, they need to do some work and get out of bed and do some yard work. And sometimes we, need, we eat formally and sometimes we just have leftovers and sometimes we watch a movie and sometimes we have some teaching. And so today we're just going to do family for this morning. We're going to welcome some people. Hands up if you're being welcomed in this morning. Anybody wants to be welcomed in this morning to the church family? Just raise your hand. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome. Good, good, good. We're going to welcome some people in. Um, but before we do that, um, I just want to have those who are here today. We've got um, a dozen students on the foundry. Um, and let me just back up so we can explain what this is. Everyone say refinery. If you look, but if you remember in June of this year, we had, I think, 23 students go through the refinery. It was for one month because of COVID. Borders are still closed, so we couldn't make it international. So we just had students... Um, from this house. We had about 22, 23 students, and it was called the refinery, and it was for the whole month of June. Now, a refinery, by definition, is a place where raw materials are bought, and 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 when they go through the process of being heated up, it brings all the impurities to the surface. Is everything okay over there? Um, So it brings all the impurities to the surface, and then the refiner takes all the impurities by smelting and takes them off the top. Now, in the Bible says that God is the refiner. And he puts us through the refiner's fire. Everyone say refiner's fire. And so that's what the refinery was. It was one month, every single day of intense training, I think four full days a week of training for these young people. We're going to continue to do that this summer. But after the, fa- the, the refinery finished... We started the foundry. Everyone say foundry. Foundry. And a foundry, that started on October the 1st, and we have a dozen students. And the foundry is a place where once those materials have been refined, they they, they, they go through a casting process to find their shape. It's called a foundry. Refinery, 
refining. Foundry, shaping, casting into shape. So the foundry is designed to help people find their calling in life. And so we'd look a lot at identity, who we are in Christ, who we're not, what have we left behind. And then individually with the team that we have, we've got lots of great people on the team to help disciple and shape um, uh, these younger, younger people um, to find their God-given shape. Exciting, huh? So that's the foundry. Everyone say foundry. It's going to keep you awake this morning. So that has already begun, and it goes October, November, and December. Then in January of 2022, we start the armory. And the armory is six months. And hopefully we'll have more international students joining from around the world to come on the armory. And an armory is a place where weapons are stored and deployed. So there's going to be lots of deployment going on and sending people to different countries on missions trips, both short-term and long-term, to, to go and serve God's people across the earth. Isn't that exciting? So that will be in the new year. All right. So... We as a church have a thing called STP. S, everyone say STP. And it stands for setting the pace. And we, do it on, we have a Sunday lunch. And some people just come for the lunch, and that's fine. Um, some people eat lunch, and then they leave. And that's also fine. Um, but, and we basically just talk about, for one hour, where the church has come from, where the church is, and where the church is going. Where have we come from? Where are we? And where are we going? It's basically just going through the history. What has God said to us as a people? What's he promised? What's our vision statement? What's our mission? What are our core values? How many life churches are there? What, and where are they? And when did they start? And how did this church start? And, and why are you here? And why do some people have funny accents? All that kind of stuff. We clear all up. And it's very interactive. We get to know you a little bit. We get to know you, where, what's your church background, depending on how many people. Sometimes there's 10 people and sometimes there's 40 people. It doesn't matter. You still get a free lunch and we get to chat for an hour. Right? So that's STP. Then um, after STP, we have a thing called culture class. Everyone say culture class. And we had that last Sunday. And, and we have in culture class... We use culture as an acronym. And C is for anyone? C is for? Choice, not control. U is for? Unity. This is good. Unity, not uniformity. L is for? Love and not law. T is for? Truth without a twist. The other U is for living unoffended. And if we live on. Man, it's such an overachiever. We're living unoffended. And if we live unoffended, it will stop us from being unhappy. R is for being real but not religious. And E is for we must empower people. People are just making, making words up now. Empower people, otherwise it ends. If we don't empower. And so I just want to talk about that this morning just a little bit because this is, this is our culture. That it's... Not, we're not a controlling culture. That God is a God that gives us choice. Everyone say choice. In the garden, God never puts an electric fence around the, the, the tree of the knowledge of good and even or evil or the tree of life. He said, don't eat from it. And if you do, you'll surely die. 
but it was still a choice. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, it says, Today I bring heaven and earth as witnesses. Choose life or choose death. Choose. In the New Testament, you see um, the rich young ruler. He says, Master, I've done all of these things. What must I do to be saved? And Jesus looked at him and looked at the issue in his heart. And he says, and he says, go and sell everything that you have and give it to the poor. And he went away disappointed because he had much wealth. Here's the issue. Is God was giving him choice. He was saying, Master, I've done all of these things. What he was doing is he was coming to Jesus with the law. You know, whenever we come to Jesus with the law, Jesus always says you lack one thing. Because we can never fulfill the law. So he was saying, I've done all these things. I've done all these things. You know, the first commandment, the first law, I've kept the law, he says. The, the first law is you shall have no other gods before me. So Jesus turns around and tests it and says, okay, go and give everything you have and give it to the poor. The issue in his life was his idol was money. So Jesus pushed it and he went away disappointed. Powerful. The prodigal son actually empowered his son to make a poor choice. You ever thought that? Because it's choice. You know, and raising, if you're raising kids, age-appropriate choice is really powerful. To train your kids, to give them choice. I know it's a little bit scary without context. Age-appropriate choice. Age-appropriate choice. But to, God is a God that gives us choice. So in this culture, it's choice, not control. You is unity, not uniformity. Unity is not uniformity. It is the celebration of diversity. If we're all thinking alike, then no one's thinking at all. And in, this, in the culture of this house, that we our unity, watch this, is not based on doctrine alone. That's why to become a part of this part of the church, you don't have to follow all a booklet or a pamphlet with all the different rules that we've, of what we believe about doctrine. And if you tick every box, you can be in this group. Because that's not the keys that, to the kingdom that Jesus gave to Peter, which we're going to look at in a second. Unity is not uniformity. It is the celebration of diversity. I'm just going to state, this is really, this is really powerful. Okay, guys, I hope you're going, to, you're going to really, this will sink today because it's, it's, I believe it's, it's, it's uh, the unity that God looks for is so beautiful. And so often we mess it up. And we mess it up because we control. And all control comes from fear. And perfect love casts out fear. The basis of our union is not doctrine alone. The basis of our union is that we have the same heavenly father. I'm going to talk about the doctrine that, Paul, that Peter talks about, how we get into the kingdom and get into the church in just a moment. But L is for, Belko? Love. love, thank you. <laughs> L is for love and not law. Love always wins. That is the law. L-A-W. Love always wins. 
Great acronym. So love always wins. Love, not law. Not law. I, I love the Gospels. I love, I love when you... If, if, we, if we get rid of... If we just teach law, then there's no grace left. But we are no longer under law. We are under grace. Are we not? I'm doing snippets here. I taught this on a Sunday. Are we under law or under grace? In great, great detail. But one of the most powerful passages of Scripture is is where the where the woman who was caught in adultery was dragged. He, she was caught in the act of adultery, and she they dragged her to Jesus, and they said the law says she must be stoned. Now, this, this is so powerful, church, and the reason I'm talking about this now is because I'm talking about culture, and this is the culture of life, church. It's the culture of the house. Culture comes from what you value. So if you really value something in your business, you value something in your life, you value something in your family, it will create a culture around what you value, and we really value this here. We really value living in a place of choice, loving, living in a place of unity that is not uniformity, loving in a, living in a place and a culture where there's lots of love without law. So they dragged this woman to Jesus and they were trying to trick him and they said, the law says she must be stoned. Now, we know this. Jesus then responds and he says, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. Jesus was the only person there who was without sin, was he not? So he was the only one by right that could cast the first stone. And even though he could have, he wouldn't. They would have if they could have, but they couldn't. Why? Because they weren't without sin. Isn't that a beautiful picture of the grace of God? The law says... And Jesus by right could have, but he chose not to. Instead, he started to write. I don't believe it was in the sand. I believe it was in the stone in the temple. And he began to write on the floor, which is why they dropped their rocks and just and began to leave. Because the floor in the temple was actually stone. Do you, who wrote the law? God did. How did he write it? With his finger. How, what did he write it on? Stone. So they're bringing the law to him, saying, the law says, and Jesus, who is God, starts to write with his finger on the stone. We don't know what he wrote, but whatever it was, it caused them to drop their rock and leave. Why? Because he was there to proclaim a message of grace and love instead of law. And he did it twice. And if you remember, he had to write on the stones twice because Moses, in anger, broke them once. I love the Bible. It's so humorous. God says, hey, go, go, and I will go and chisel out some more stones, and I will write on them again, the rocks, the stones that you broke, Moses. I'll see you in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> So Moses spends the night chiseling away uh, two pieces of stone to get the stone again so God can rewrite them. So he wrote it twice, and he wrote on the ground twice. So we're, under, we're not under law, we're under grace. T is for truth. We value the word of God in this house. I was sharing with a pastor yesterday, and... Um, 
And I think I shared this last week. But this is, this is, the, this is the word of God. Do you, have you heard this across the earth? There's a questioning going on as whether or not this really is the word of God. Have you heard that? It's the most, it's one of the very few things that I don't really get, I don't have anger issues, I don't get mad very often, like very rarely, but that makes me mad. Because it's like, duh, of course the enemy would try and do that, right? This is a sword. Okay, Ephesians chapter 6, take up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. It is the Word of God. So the sword is the Word. So imagine if you're the devil, right? And the Bible says, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. Don't you think if you were the devil and you're trying to destroy the kingdom of God and God's people, the first thing that you would try to do was get them to put down their swords? Seems it's the only weapon that we have. Duh. Oh, it's not, it's it's just written by man. Oh, it's not, it's not a real sword. Oh, it's just like a play sword. Oh, so I'll just put it down then. Oh yeah, okay, I'll just... Now I've got no sword. Well, some people have been saying it's just written by man. It's not really inspired. So it's just, it's not actually a sword. Can you imagine the, the devil would just be like, this is amazing. They have now have no weapon. <laughs> Maybe we should try and see if we can take their shield as well. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the, the word of God. So if our shield is the word of God, comes from hearing and hearing by the word of God, then the devil would be pretty clever if he could try to get us to put our, down our shield too. Maybe if we just put down our shield, because it's just the word of God, and the word of God was not really powerful. It's like a fake, it's just written by man. Look, the church now has no sword, <laughs> which is the only weapon that we have, Isn't it? It's the only weapon that we have. And now we have no shield, no faith, nothing to defend ourselves with. Paul says to Timothy, he says, Timothy, keep in the pattern of sound doctrine. So now we have no pattern to live by. So we have no sword, no shield, and no way to live. Don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the newing of your mind. There's a, there's a pattern of this world, and there's a pattern of sound doctrine which comes from doctrine, which comes from the word of God. So if you were the enemy trying to destroy the church, don't you think it would be a good plan to try and get them to put down their sword, their shield, and their instruction manual? Hello. Pick up your sword. I should have bought a sword today. Are you guys all awake today? Okay, so what was I talking about? Truth, truth. Truth, I've got to go on to the next one because we've just got cult so far. <laughs> C-U-L-T. So we're going to move on quickly before we run out of time and then we're going to pray for some people and welcome people in. All right. So R, everyone say R, is for being real, not religious. For being real. Let's, I, I, you know, Jesus hates religion. He came against, if you read in, in uh, Mark chapter 7, he came against the religious teachers of the law. Instead, he, he actually calls them a brood of vipers. He says, you have a fine way of living up to your own teachings that are taught by men. Instead of following me, you bunch of religious people, 
But let's be real. Be real with God. Be real with one another. Be real with yourself. Not phony. And that breaks the spirit of religion, of religiosity, where we're just faking it. Okay, so let's be, in this culture, let's have a culture of just being real. And, oh, hang on, I, I jumped one, I missed one, didn't I? You! Thank you. For you is for living unoffended. Unoffended. Offense is offense. If you live with offense, you will create offense. And we teach this a lot from every different angle. But some, light, you can dine with bitterness. You can dine with bitterness or you can dine with betterness. Life will make you bitter or life will make you better. But living unoffended is living in the cross. I'm dead. Lay down your rights to be right. I know I've said this many times, but God spoke to me once when I said, Lord, I'm right. And I'm going to tell them that, that, that they're wrong because I'm right. And the Lord said this to me. He said, son, if you, if you exercise your right to be right, you will be wrong. You don't need to be right. Do you want to be right or do you want to have relationship? Really, the root issue is pride. I just have to be right. Just lay it down. You know, James and Peter says God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. He gives grace. Is it, you know, some people are actually can, can actually feel the resistance of God. Just humble yourself. Well, I'm right. And no one listens to my opinion. I, have a, I believe this. I said this. But no one, but just let it go. Let it go. Too much for a Sunday? Okay. This will, this will keep us happy. Some people go around just like a sour lemon because someone did something to them. And just get over it. Forgive them. Bless them. If you love your enemies, you won't have any. But I, I, I think we can do it. Be kind. Hey, be kind. The fruit of the Spirit is kind. Be, be gentle. Don't be rude. Love is not rude. Don't be rude. Some people are just rude. This is, I mean, this is too much for a Sunday morning. I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about everyone who's not here today. So don't, this is not, you know, I'm not having a go. I'm just saying be kind. This is what happens if I don't have notes. So, what was it? You living unoffended or you'll be unhappy. God says to Cain, Cain, why is your face downcast? Why, is, why are you unhappy, Cain? And God says this, if you do what is right, won't you be accepted? We can just, we can live happy. And E, you ready? E is for empower. We must empower people. 
We are an empowering church. We used to have dream classes where you can help discover the dreams that God has put in your heart. We need to do that more. It's where you can come and find out. Like we have, maybe we'll do, well, we might have to find more classes to do this, but where you can get the, find out the dreams that God has placed in your heart and how can we best see them come true? How can we help you? How can we stand with you? From Fee and I, our dream is to see people's dreams come true. That's why we're here. That is our dream. You're like, what's your dream? It's like, to see yours come true. And that's why we get up in the morning. When we see, it's not just people of, people of every, every generation. Knowing that Pat was coming here this weekend and people, you know, uh, getting the house ready and working like round the clock. Because there's such a joy in, see, in celebrating the house of God from every generation. You know people in our leadership in their 80s? 70s, 60s, 50s, 40s, and 30s. That's pretty amazing. They were a generational church. Okay. So we must empower. If we don't empower, then it ends. My parents have a post, used to have a poster in their downstairs bathroom, and it said, A hundred years from now, it won't matter what car we drove, what house we lived in, or how much money we had in our bank account or our 401k. What will matter is the difference we made in the life of a child. And, 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 and I'm going to make this statement, but please, there should be no condemnation in. I'll tell you why in a moment. But the Bible says there is no greater joy than to see your children walking in the truth. There's no greater joy. That means the opposite must be true, that there's no greater sadness when they're not. And I'm just saying that to say this. There should be no greater sadness when they're not. There should be no greater sadness when your kids are walking in the truth. Because there's no greater joy when they are. The challenge with all of that comes with the power of choice. And we have to train our children and raise them in the way that, in the, in the way that they should go. Hopefully that's to serve the Lord. And the promise is when they get older, they'll not depart from it. The, great, the pain is and the challenge is when they make poor choices and dealing with the pain of that. But you know, God felt that pain. God's grandkids committed first-degree murder, Cain and Abel. So when our kids don't walk with God, it's not a direct result on parents. But it should still hurt. Am I making sense? Hmm. So we have to empower. We have to empower. Empower people. Find out what people are called to do and empower them to do it. We were in England a few years ago and we, we, we were, the church there um, put us in this house and in the back garden, which was about half the size of this stage right here. <laughs> it was a little patio. Um, I went outside and it was raining because it was England. And <laughs> I always think it clearly wasn't Israel. Like followed the cloud by day. It's like the cloud. <laughs> England is just one big cloud. They'd just be walking in circles. But follow. <laughs> but, 
And there was this, there was this uh, plant that was dying, and it had a stick, and it was pretty much dead. And it went all the way along the wall. And I felt the Holy Spirit say, Lift, straighten the stick and go and get more ties and tie what's left of this wreath onto the stick. And I did it. And there was just a tiny bit of greenery. And the Lord said, while you're here, I want you to be a stick to people's lives to help them grow. To some people, it will be opportunity. To some people, it will be finance. To some people... It will be your time. To some people, it will be space in a, or to give them a room. But find out what people need and be that stick to them. And all different people of different ages, that's what we did. We found the stick. We found out how we could best serve them, how we could best empower them. And by the end of that eight months, the whole vine was full of greenery. You know, we're called to be a stick to help people grow in this house. Find out how you can serve people. It could be like a fresh that just needs a, a wad of money or a Judah so, she's not, so that she's got money and she doesn't have to work. And in doing so, you're putting seed and you're investing into, into a generation. And when you invest into a generation, you're actually investing into a generation that will never meet. We went, once went to Disneyland. Once. <laughs> we did one of those things where you get, if you go through the, you, to look for a timeshare, which they say takes 45 minutes and takes 11 hours. <laughs> Even if you say, no, 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 I'm just here for the tickets. We did it, sucker. Anyway, I got one of those fake plastic watches that cost, you get in the dollar store, but eventually I got my tickets, right? So we went to, we went to Disneyland and it was great. But the, th the really thing I can remember, apart from, you know, eating very, very expensive burgers, which weren't great for like 20 bucks, and standing in line in the heat for 10 hours, what I do remember is the, the big statue of Walt Disney in the, in the middle of the park. And the story about Walt Disney and when Disneyland in California, the first one, Disney World, I think it was, first opened... And the governor was there, and Walt Disney had died. And Walt Disney, the, the governor of California, cut the ribbon. And as he cut the ribbon, he said these words, If only Walt had been here to see this. Well, following the governor was Walt Disney's wife. And she stood up, took the microphone, and said, With all respect to the governor of California, if my husband hadn't seen it, we wouldn't be enjoying it. That was my favorite bit about Disneyland. That was worth it to me because it spoke of generations. It spoke of seeing something greater. And here in this house, and what we're, what we're seeing as far as development of people and training centers and worship, and, and there's, it's exciting. It's really exciting. It's exciting, and the best days are ahead. John and I were talking the other day. I was like, what about this and different plans? And I thought, well, we might, we might not see that built in our lifetime. And it was like, yes. Society grows when men plant trees they know they will never sit in the shade of. I'll say that again. Then we're going to pray. Society grows when men plant trees they know they will never sit in the shade of. All right. That's it. I did it. Right. Okay. So there's a, there's a quick like, overview of our culture. And so I'll just say this. Um, 
Matthew chapter 16 is the very first mention of the word church in the Bible. Everyone say church. Church is a Greek word, ekklesia, or ecclesia. And it just means called out ones. And the teaching of this house is we were once in darkness. So this is darkness. Sorry, guys. This is light. We were in the domain of darkness. And we were called out of darkness, Colossians says, and we were brought through the finished work of the cross into the marvelous kingdom of light. And it is a marvelous kingdom. It's the kingdom of God. And in Matthew, Matthew chapter 16, Jesus asked the disciples, who do the people say I am? Stay with me. I'm going somewhere with this. It's really important. He said, who do the people say I am? And they said, some say the Christ. Some say one of the, uh, John the Baptist. Some say Elijah. Some say one of the prophets. And Jesus looks at Peter and he says, Peter, how about you? Who do you say I am? It's a great question. Who do you say I am? He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living, risen God, Lord and Jesus says, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. And on this rock I will build, everyone say build, my church. I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. Whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So Jesus gave Peter the keys. Everyone say keys. Then Peter messes up and time goes by and he denies he ever even knows the Christ. And then Jesus rocks up in John 21 and reinstates him and says, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Then go and feed my lambs and stop mucking about and go and do the thing I called you to do. And by the way, Pete, would you like to preach at Pentecost, the beginning of the church? That's pretty good. That's the God of redemption. And so Peter's there, and the waiting in the upper room, and the Holy Spirit is poured out in Acts chapter 2, and there were tongues of fire that came to rest on each one of them, and they went from an upper room out into the streets. And as they went out into the streets with this, with this, with this, with this, with this power, people started to think they're drunk. And then Peter stands up, and he says, gets the microphone, he says, listen carefully to me. Let me explain this to you. They're not drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. This is what Joel prophesied about. Duh. Remember, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, both men and women. I will pour out my spirit. And they will prophesy. And Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, begins to preach this message. And he goes through the Old Testament, David and the prophets, and he preaches. And in Acts chapter 2, verse 38, the people said, were cut to the heart. And they said, what must we do to be saved? And Peter pulls out his keys. And he says, I'll tell you. Number one, key number one, repent, which means to change your mind. Key number two, be baptized in water, which is an outward expression of an inward reality. Number three, receive the gift of, this, of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and for your children's children and for all who are far off. Watch this. And those who received the message were added into the church that day. That's where I wanted to arrive today. They were added into the church. So Jesus gave them the keys to the kingdom. Everyone say kingdom. kingdom. The kingdom is bigger than the church. We were just teaching this at the foundry this week. The kingdom is bigger than the church. And the keys to the kingdom are repent, be baptized, receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were added into the church. That's why in this church, we don't add to those keys. 
If you repented, you've been baptized in water, received the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you're, you're on a journey and you're hungry for that. See, some people didn't receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for 20 years after Pentecost. They never even heard there was a Holy Spirit. But if, they, you're, if, that's, if that's you, and so today what we're going to do as we, as we close and we're going to pray, is if you want to be welcomed into the church, because you're already a part of the church at large, we're just going to welcome you into this family. And all we want you to do is do this. Say, what is your name? How did you hear, how did you hear about us? Like, oh, well, I'm friends with this person, or I just, you know, I just walked in here. Um, and where do you live? And the reason we ask for that is then people can see if, if you're a part of a life group and you're, oh, you live in West Chicago, or you're coming from Morango, or you're coming from here, or you're coming from Elgin, or Huntley, or wherever people come, wherever you're from, that people they can see, oh, great, now I know your name, I can get to know you. Is that, is that clear? Yes. So if you want to be welcomed into the church today, could you just stand up? <laughs>